The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream Show, where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, a.k.a. Dr. Dream. Grateful as all heaven to be here on Unity Online Radio. And the number to call if you have a dream or you have insight about the girl with the blue ukulele that's the series we're working on the number is 816-251-3555 give us a call however um, I do have a guest on the show today that I'll be introducing to you in just a moment Um, before we get into this I just want to say this is episode seven of our special series, Searching for Satya, the girl with the blue ukulele. And I believe this is, I'm declaring this to be our final episode, and you'll hear why in a little bit. Um, but let me invite you to do what we normally do at the beginning of the show, and let's just turn within for a little prayer. So with each breath, I just invite you to release and let go of preconceived notions, releasing and letting go of any tightness or hardness around the heart that doesn't need to be there. And with every new breath, let's invite in the gentleness, the loving kindness, that peace that passes human understanding Let's allow that in to wrap around our hearts, our minds, our spirits, our souls, our bodies. Let's fill up our tanks with this infinite love that comes from that unified source that is always here for us, no matter what we may be going through psychically, spiritually, or physically. So we know that the human aspect of us as precious as it is, is just barely 1% of the totality of who we are. So let's just keep that in mind. Let's keep that perspective that the spiritual reality of who we are far surpasses the difficulties that we may be going through, moving through, or that we're witnessing others go through. And it doesn't mean that it's not a big deal, but in the scheme of things, It's a tiny blip on the radar, one to honor, but one to keep in perspective so that we can bear it, so that we can have the wherewithal to be able to stay grounded and centered, even in the midst of difficulties. So with that, I just 
open up the floodgates to lucidity so that this may be a lucid dream that we're co-creating here, where we are aware that we're dreaming even as we're dreaming. So we can bring in that floodlight, that, that bright, bright light, even if we're tiptoeing in the midst of a very dark spot for ourselves and for each other and for all that Satya, Tess, symbolizes for us. I'm very clear that she is a unique being on this planet, but she is an archetype that lives within all of us. She is that lost female aspect of us that hopefully because of this series is not as lost as she was before. And maybe we are actually finding room for her within our hearts, within our souls, for this emotional, sensitive, creative part of ourselves that just doesn't quite feel like she belongs on this earth, in this harsh reality. But maybe because of our loving kindness, our attention, maybe we've created some room for her to appear, her to feel a sense of belonging, and maybe an alchemy, not just for ourselves, but for the collective. So with this, I just say thank you so much for your attention and for your listening and for your searching and finding and all that you've brought to this series and for all the folks at Unity that have been so open-minded to, to allow me to do this kind of revolutionary series that normally isn't the stuff that Unity brings to us. Thank you for broadening your horizons and your boundaries and may it serve all of us. And so for this, I just say thank you, thank you, thank you. And so it is. Amen, a woman, ah, dreams. And with that, I want to welcome you to our final episode of Searching for Satya, the Girl with the Blue Ukulele. And I said at the beginning of this series, I had reticence about opening this up because I am someone who I, I consider myself to be a very grounded, pragmatic optimist. I'm not just a Pollyanna, but I do like to bring people positive things. I don't like to be a, a downer for anyone. And I thought this series, no matter what happens here, is it is probably going to be a bit of a heavy hearted thing. Even if the best case scenario is that we find her physically, she's somebody that hasn't wanted to be found so how do I bring this to people? And yet through the dreams that I've been having all along, I've been getting the message that there is ultimately a positive message here because we, she's, she exists within us and we do have control over that aspect, that part of our dream where we can bring light to ourselves and to our communities, no matter what we find here. So my friend Steve Allen always says, control your controllables. We can't control how we find tests. And um, so, but we can control the part of ourselves that, and I keep repeating myself about the inner aspect. I've, I've sent my sister, Tani, who is a really amazing investigator to find her. And she hasn't found physical evidence yet. So we found physical evidence or we found metaphysical evidence, I should say, with all of the people I've interviewed, all of the healers and psychics that I've brought onto this show, including the, the most recent 
guest and and wonderful psychic medium that has offered his assistance. And so I want to bring him on the show because I think he offers a very specific perspective. He just did a session with Sharon, the mother of of Tess, Satya. Um, and I, I have this sort of long list of hypotheses that we've come to know over these last seven weeks. Um, some people have said that um, Tess has been taken by aliens, that she's been that she's a walk-in now. Um, that she followed the footprints of the movie into the wild and she's living off the grid, that she may be homeless in a cult, or maybe she's been abducted, maybe murdered. Um, we don't know. But I want to introduce to you the Palm Springs medium, psychic medium. I'm going to say that again. Timothy Courtney, he is the Palm Springs psychic medium. And he comes well recommended by my dear friend, Shannon Bradley Colliery. He is someone who's worked with the police. He's helped to find missing people. And um, without further ado, I really want to, with my whole heart, introduce to you a wonderful soul. His website is timothycourtney.com. Timothy Courtney, welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show for our final episode of Searching for Satya, the girl with the blue ukulele. Welcome. Hello. Good morning, Kelly. It's so good to be part of this and to be able to participate. I'm grateful and honored to have been to read for Sharon and for you to be joining us and bringing us together. Um, I love what you said. First of all, I, I do want to address this. It's like I really am happy that you're doing the work you're doing. And I love that you that you recognize and that you acknowledge and share about dreams and how powerful they are and how incredible they are in guiding us. Mm, um, and I, I think that's – I love that you have accepted that and stepped 100% into that, you know, a calling mm. that you have had. So mm, I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much, and I deeply appreciate yeah. you. And I, I know people want to hear from you and what the what the session was like. This is not an easy thing to share, but mm. um, I I was really blown away by some of the synchronicities, and and your beautiful way of being able to bridge a difficult topic. And um, I have a deep respect for you, so I really um am open to hearing what you have to say now upon reflection a few days later. Yeah. Um, anything that is on your heart, you have the floor. Take it away, Timothy Courtney. Sure. sure. Um, as I said earlier, it's an honor. It's always an honor to do the work I do. And I will uh, say right away, we all work differently. We all uh, have some different ways that we see things, hear things, or feel things. Sometimes it's all of those. Sometimes it's one or two of those. I see what it is that's being shown to me, as, and I hear what's what's being said to me and I'm, I feel. So it's like I have all three of those working at once and interpretation is a big part of that, which, you know, it's something to learn actually through the years and to understand. Um, for us in this particular reading, uh, it was it was difficult because I knew what we were, I was coming into with this as a psychic side. And there's a difference between the psychic. Psychic is about yourself about somebody in that regard 
um, and in psychic work and helping with detectives, the sick and families, finding uh, loved ones who have been abducted or are missing. And, you know, I've had both sides of those where it's like um, a child's missing that was too recently. Um, you know, it's from Utah all the way. I was able to find her in Pennsylvania. Um, and I mm. knew where it was and realized who the person was because wow. of what I described the house and where it's located and what it's like and a lot of details. On the other side, um, you know, I've been able to help people in uh, Texas and Texas uh, find uh, the person that murdered someone. Mm. Um, and I was described, you know, how it happened, which matched a lot of their police report which helps people to ground it, as I always say, in a reading. Um, in a reading that's important, I feel it's what we do. We have to ground it and know that that's the person. You know, you need some kind of proof here that, yeah, that's that's them. And mm-hmm. these things make sense. They tie in together. Um, I think that's what was very, and once again, it's very helpful in the reading we did. Now, the other side is medium, which medium is where I connect with people who have passed. And and I can say from the beginning, and as you know, uh, when we were all together, is I was a little, um, I have to say, I was just a little, um, I was in the feeling part of what I do a lot because I could feel Sharon so much uh, and where she is in this. And I know where her hope lies. And I even mentioned at the very beginning with, you know, I see you lean into hope. I said, when it shows me you right away, I said, I'm, I see you lean into hope. And I said, which is you're very strong at that. I said, it's a strength you have. I said, but, I, you know, and as you know, I had to go through the reading. I start in the beginning, but I had to let her know. And here was the turning point is that I know how I receive information. And if you notice at the beginning, right away, everything I said, I said, she is showing me, you know, yeah. which I was talking about my daughter who's missing. I said, she's showing me this. She's, I'm, she's saying this. She's telling me this. That lets me know right away that this was that we're not doing a psychic reading, we're doing a medium reading. Mm. You know, about her daughter letting us know what had happened, the details of what had happened, how it happened. And I think if you know one of the beautiful things toward the end um, was when I was that I always feel like there's always something they stress a lot that they want you to really know. And I know the message was that, if you remember that she was, I said, she was not just running away. She was not running away from you, Sharon. Mm-hmm. And you need to yeah. know that. And that was huge. That was a breakthrough for her because that's what was hurting her heart a lot. Do you remember that? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was a was big, really- big part. Thank you for saying that. Yes, it was a a big part to see, and I love that because, you know, sometimes it's a thank you, sometimes it's an I'm sorry, sometimes it's I'm I'm okay, I'm soothed, I'm fine, you know, I'm peaceful. It's different things for different people. You know, it wasn't as much, it wasn't as painful when I passed as what you think it was. You know, I've done this for many years, so it's like, and there's a, always a strong message, the one that's really on the heart that they're wanting to know. You know, that they that that's just kind of the freeing place, the place where it lets you know that I love you. You know, things are good and I understand. Um, so I think for her, you know, in that moment to receive the part that this is not, nothing to do with you. You know, she's making it really clear that 
that that space between you and her is just is still love. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I know that's a huge opening. And it was difficult. I have to say it's challenging. I'll put it that way. It's very challenging to know, you know, here we are doing something on air and and working in a in kind of a public arena, but mainly knowing how strong she is in her hope for someone in for some year, time, for quite a few years here. So to come in and mm-hmm. be the one who says, okay, this isn't about find, you know, finding her now. She's passed. Mm. He's on the other side. <laughs> you know, is um, there's that place we had a crossover on Monday. We had to cross over that bridge to bring some yeah. peace there and some acceptance, you know, in this case, too. And then also, um, but to hit the details, and um, you said to speak what's on my heart and some reflection. Yeah. And one of the things that came back to me that I actually wanted to share with you, if you remember when there was a place in there when I told you she was, I said she was running, I said, but then I said there's a place where she's running, and I said, no, she was running, I said, because she's showing me that intensely. But it's like there was a time in there I mentioned that she was hiding, that she was behind something she was hiding, and she's talking about how fast she's breathing. So I knew she was being chased. Okay? You mentioned that they, the police had thought that she was in the, a restroom there, mm-hmm. and I said, that's what that, where that connection was. Mm. She knew she being chased at already then but I say I know it didn't end there you know I know mm-hmm. there was the run woods <laughs> you know that took place yeah. after that so because that's where we went after that so it that little piece came together a little bit because I was I it was on my mind but I said, okay where was she hiding and then when you mentioned I said oh that makes perfect sense because I see her close like there's something she's close up to like body mm-hmm. bodily to says so okay that's like a door so that's a door so I said and then the breathing so it was just her letting us know and if you remember what I like about when they she in her particular share she shared the story yeah of here's what happened it went from here to here to here to here um, and I think that was as I say once again I'll reiterate it they come to us they always have a message our loved ones always have something they want to share with us. You know, I know some people say, well, I'm fine with them. I don't know there was anything or, you know, that's long time past. They, I'm just saying it's not about people that come to me because it's the people who come to me for the reading. It's not you guys that are communicating with them and telling them things. You know, we could do that right. anytime. But it's like it's they who are passed and crossed over who who are looking to give you messages, to have things they want to share with you. And I find that incredible. So therefore, I will say, I do not work alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do not work alone. I've got an incredible team I'm part of. Um, There's a lot of loved ones in this world for so long who have passed and crossed over that are absolutely part of my team. It's them communicating with me. And that's what I was called to do. Um, I was asked to do this work, and I know that. And it's interesting with dream. I was kind of in the half, half dream, half conscious state when yeah. this came through. And I was asked, can you help us? And I said, yes, I can. 
Wow. And jumped in at that point. So here's that helps, you know, me know I am here to do this and to be this service. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so wonderful to be able to, to share with Sharon and bring in something I knew was different from what she's been getting from on the psychic side. But as you said, there's a lot of pieces that came in from other psychics and people who were uh, working with this and working with her that this these pieces just kind of melted together. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, there was a lot of pieces that did kind of come together. Um, I think the piece that in 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 talking with Sharon that is that is hard to swallow and and maybe you can help with this because I'm newer at this kind of thing sure it's and and maybe it's because my personality is the kind I'm always um someone that once said I'm always trying to put a pillow under everybody's butts like I don't want anyone <laughs> to hit the ground hard and I'm like yeah. the pillow the pillow lady um <laughs> and 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 I know that Sharon said something about how how it seemed like why would Tess want her to know some of the the gory details yeah. of what happened before she passed. And you you let us know right. that in the moment of her passing, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. And right. that is an important moment to focus on. And I and I know that you said it's important also to ground what happened, like the ending, yeah. the, the, the death aspect so that there yeah. is, so that there can be some completion. However, yeah. Sharon said, why would, why would she want me to, to know those things? Like, you know, I don't want to have to think about those things. Why wouldn't she just say I've passed right. I'm on the other side and it's beautiful. Absolutely. So, I mean, so can you just shine some light on that? I mean, I have a sense of it, but please in your words, Absolutely. That, you know, that's a, a fantastic question because it's like, um, just have done this a long time. Um, I've not had exactly reaction to that except maybe one other time in that form, that way where someone felt I didn't want to know. And as I, I did mention to us that if we get to a part, and I like to say at the beginning of a reading, usually it's like, when I know it's just going to be a little stressful, I'll yeah. just say, listen, if it's the place you want me to stop, you let me know. You know, we don't have to go into places. So there were no breaks throughout the section. You know, I wasn't given any put on the breaks. So my job is to give you what comes through and me not manipulate that. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. I appreciate that. For me to bypass something is not my job. It's not my part. If it wasn't supposed to be given, it wouldn't be given. And once again, there's reason that I could just say, oh, well, she was at a park and she parked a car and the next thing I know, she, she passed. And here's how she passed and where she passed. And this is how she transitioned. And you'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what happened all yeah. between? You know, so, and what I love about it is that that's where some of the pieces are given to come together so that you know. Um, when I work with someone that's like, Oh, I'm trying to give one example. Um, there's pieces uh, where you're trying to wonder what happened in there. Okay? Yeah. Most people yeah. want to know what happened yeah. in there, what that happened. And I think that's 
their part of saying, here, you're trying to figure out what happened. You've got people looking for me and you've got people trying to search for me and try to find something, but here's what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, the the search is off, <laughs> you know, basic at that point. And I think they know that's important for them to know. Um, I had, and I'm, I'd like to give a little example of something. Sure. What's um, very painful time. And I remember um, I, I had a, a, a celebrity who happens to be blind uh, that I did a reading for. And I was... Uh, with her at her home and I was coming to place and I knew this reading was going to be very rough for her. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, once again, it's challenging a little for me too, because I know the depth and it wasn't going to be pleasant in the beginning, in the beginning. And it's like, and he came back to talk about the reasons I'm just going to be bold here and just explain uh, and say it, but it wasn't my my job when they come through to change what they say or to ignore it. Right. You know, sharing for reasons. But he talked about how when he was molesting her as a child. Oh, Jesus. And that came through. You know, oh, and I wow. don't know her, but I know what's, who's coming through. I said, your father talks about this, and she knew it. She was very aware of it. And oh. I said, and I said, here's what happened. And some of the some other details came to it, and I said he wants you to know what was going on with him. So he starts talking about things that happened to him, that she thought that she had heard things about as a kid, but didn't know for sure. And I said, I said on top of this, here's how he saw you, and it's like this is a little painful part. But I said he shows up like a mannequin. He doesn't show your face. He just didn't see you, you know. And she was blind ever since she was born. So I went into this whole oh thing with God. this. But here we come toward the end. And I said, you need to know something. Your father stays at the front door of your house to protect you, to make sure no one ever hurts you again. And soon as I said that, I went, it says, stands at your front door and just make sure no one hurts you again. Her a front door alarm went off, the <gasps> motion sensor went off and started going, and she just started laughing and crying. She was crying a lot already, and she's just <sighs> laughing and crying. She says, Daddy, I forgive you. I know you're here. Oh, my she God. She says, that doesn't work most of the time. And soon as it was just as soon as he got the place, to tell her I've got you now. So we, oh, that was a great story. We have a quick break to go to. Can you hang with us just a few yeah. minutes on the other side of this break, Timothy? Absolutely. We'll be, all right, we'll be right back. This is the last episode of The Girl with the Blue Ukulele. Stay tuned. We're talking with Timothy Courtney. Go to his website, timothycourtney.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome back. 
We're back with the Ask Dr. Dream Show. This is Kelly Sullivan Walden on Unity Online Radio. This is our final episode of this special series, Searching for Satya, the girl with the blue ukulele. And before we get further into this segment, I just want to say some thank yous. Um, I want to, first of all, thank, I want to thank Sharon, Sharon Barry for letting me be a part of this and for trusting me. Um, I want to thank her husband, Michael Barry. I want to thank Rich Lerner, Tess's dad. I want to thank Tess and Tess slash Satya for being such an archetype and, and somebody that we've gotten to send our love to because when we have somebody that we can send love to, the love always comes back to us in such big ways. I want to thank Elias Lonsdale from StarGenesisWisdom.com, Henry Sutter, the policeman who watched over Tess while she was living in her car right before she went missing, all the healers who've generously offered their services for this series, Judy Wilkins-Smith, Sue O'Callaghan, Nancy Telzero, Tim Courtney, who we're talking to now, and, and Denise, who calls, Denise Carter, who calls in with her wonderful dreams, Leilani Love, who's been sharing all kinds of information with me on and off the line, my husband, Dana Walden, our our dear friend, Shane August, who's been helping behind the scenes, Misha Walden, my stepdaughter, who m- made this possible. She's the one who gave me the idea to even do such a thing way before I met Sharon on the road. Um, so right before the break, we were talking with Timothy Courtney. And by the way, his website is timothycourtney.com. He's the Palm Springs psychic medium. And he was talking about another case where there was some really harsh information that he had to bring through, but there was a beautiful kind of silver lining wrapped up. And, and I know from my own experience in waking life and in dreams with some horrible people, I've been chased and abducted in my dreams and had to do dream work only to realize that anybody who would do such a thing is not connected to their soul. And when I've gone back into do, do dream alchemy, and that's a process I can teach to anybody who's open to that. If you just reach out to me at Kelly at kellysullivanwalden.com, I can take you deeper into that process. But you get to pick up the scene where it leaves off. And I've gotten to see where if I reconnect somebody with their soul umbilical cord, they always come back to saying, I'm so sorry. I went after you because I was out of touch with my own God connection. Once back in connection, there's no need to abduct. There's no need to harm. So it's always the case, just as Timothy was talking about this person who molested his daughter. These behaviors only happen with somebody who has disconnected themselves from source. It is never the behavior of somebody who is tapped in. And once we reconnect to them, and it's possible to do that, that that behavior changes. And the story doesn't end there. This is a, I always say a nightmare is an unfinished dream. And it's up to us, the dreamer, to to pick up the dream where it leaves off to find this, to find where it ends. So I want to bring you back in, Timothy Courtney, and and just let you offer any any final words that you would like to say um, to wrap this up. And we've got Sharon Barry, who's now on the line, who's listening. So take it away, Timothy. Yes. Um, I believe that we all are privileged in knowing that 
our loved ones have something to share with us. And as I said um, earlier in the case with the past client is that without some of those details it would that were horrible to have to share about someone who went through that with her father many times um, was that she knew it was him. You know, there was no doubt that that was her dad there, and it was no doubt that he was the reason he had to share was that she would absolutely know, and he could say he was sorry for these things, and he explained why they happened, and then was able to say, "I'm here to protect you," and she definitely got that it was, and she just remembers saying, "I forgive you, Daddy," you know, and I know that that's part of the gift, and of course, those are the very few that come in that way, um, but it's like I just think that it's beautiful to know that the reason they come, and I remember saying this with you, Sharon, um, the only reason they show up uh, through this is because they love you and they care about you. And as I said before, so, you know, we don't go to people's homes for dinner that we don't like and don't love. <laughs> you know? right. We don't do that. And they come through because they do want you to know. They do want you to have some freedom from what may be on your mind and on your heart and the burdens. They want you to know that they are okay. And some of the details so that you know, you don't have to guess anymore. People don't have to guess or wonder, you know, was it that, was it this? Um, they'll tell you. You know, they'll answer your questions. And um, and I just think that's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Timothy Courtney. Everyone check him out. His website is timothycourtney.com if you want a reading or to find out more about his work. So I so appreciate you being um, offering your your services and support during this time. I so appreciate you, Timothy. Thank you. Absolutely. Lots of love. Love you, Kelly. Thank, love you, too. Okay, so just to wrap up a few things before I bring Sharon on, I want to presence that um, I, I, I mentioned in the last show that I'd be talking to a woman from that wrote an article about the new nomads, and she has said that she didn't want to come on the show, um, but she did share with me that she doesn't advocate <laughs> that lifestyle. She said, after all these years of being on the road and not having a stable place to live, she said, it's not glamorous. I don't recommend it. It's a hard life. It's, and, and yeah, it's great to take off for a while and have a, have an uncharted path and to, and even in the hero's journey, which I'm a big fan of, it's all about go into the wild, go into the wilderness and find your own path. But that doesn't mean cut off everyone that you've ever known and loved. It means maybe take some time away, but circle back and send them a letter, send them a text, let them know you're okay every once in a while. It's very important to do that. And if you can, you can have the best of both worlds where you build, where you ground yourself in this world. And then you do take time off to just go hug a tree and be in nature. Like you can have it all. It doesn't have to be one extreme or the other. And that seemed to be the message that she was giving. Um, so I want to also bring in um, Sharon. Sharon, I've been talking a lot about you over the last seven weeks and I'm, and I just feel myself on the, you know, I just want to give you the biggest hug and, and just, how are you doing? <laughs> Everyone oh. knows who you are. You, we don't need any yeah. big um, disclaimer. Well, it was very painful um, 
the uh, Zoom call with Timothy the other day, and but I I, I have to say that um, I mean he mentioned at the end of the call that um, something about lifting the the um, I don't know the heavy weight on my chest and my shoulders, and, and because I've been having a lot of I, I have a a condition called bronchiectasis, which I've been told is related to the grief. And um, also I have a lot of pain in my shoulder, which he seemed to pick up. And I and I have to say that um, yesterday I felt better. I felt lighter after oh. that time oh, I did spend with him yesterday. I felt lighter and I, I didn't feel as... I haven't been feeling well and I kept feeling like I was getting sicker and sicker with my lungs but um, but after our, our set yesterday I felt good I mean I, I did yoga in the morning that could have had something to do with it my yoga days are always better but um, I also but this was you know I it, it, I felt that kind of like something had been lifted so that was good and wow, um, wow. thank I, you for sharing that I'm so glad to hear that yeah, and I also, I mean, it is, I mean, I need to, um, I decided that it, maybe it was time to do a service for her and just send her off, And but I, I'm, I'm not, I'm still willing mm-hmm. to be open to her coming back even, even after that session, but I don't, not that I feel that that's what's going to happen because I believe that that was, I do believe that that, that was uh, real, that she is on the, she is on the other side, and I think we would have heard from her by now if she wasn't. But I also have this incredible letter. Um, I, I don't have permission to read the letter, so I don't really want to read the whole thing. But I thought maybe I could read just a little excerpt from it. Or yeah, something. please say who it's from um, and what the context yeah, is. You don't okay. have to say her name, but okay. just so that we have okay. some context. Well, it's from it's from my granddaughter, and um, she she was quite little. She's sixteen now, and and. Um, so she was quite young when Tess disappeared nine years ago, and the kids always were drawn to Tess. They always would look for her when they came to the house. They'd say, Tess out there in her little cabin, and and they would choose like kind of like the Pied Piper with them. They would want to go out there and hang out with her. And um, so she, she sent me this letter a while ago when she felt like I was hurting over my, uh, over my daughter. And um, she... Uh, I'm trying to just pick out something that she wrote that is so much of, well, she's, one of what the things she said was, when you and I and Heidi, Heidi's her, her little sister, go walking on the beach, I see how happy you are and how at peace you feel when walking on the cool sand. And as the day begins to end, Tess paints you a picture of the cotton candy skies you see and the reflection it leaves on top of the water. The sharp glistening in your eyes from the blinding light and the feeling you get from being on the beach is all a gift for you, all of it handcrafted and rearranged differently for you each day. The amount of love and life Tess summons into this world is more than any one person can imagine. Uh, however, anyways, there, there were some other things in there that, I mean, she just was, wow. she was saying that the flowers blooming in the bees um she, she said these are a gift from tess tess is bringing these to all of that beauty to you 
but it, this it was such a um, insightful and comforting letter that she sent me, and um, you know, at sixteen, it was beautifully written too. I guess I just don't feel free to read her whole letter because without her permission, and I, I just my my has her grandpa feels the same way, so. I don't yeah. want to do that, but it was just, um, it was uh, extremely comforting. And the people that I read it to, including my doctor, my primary care doctor, said to me, you should carry that around with you. Because it's just so, you know, just to, if, I, if I'm ever feeling down to pick it up and read it, it's just such a, so, it's so beautiful and full of light and full, and full of her love, you know, and... Um, and I think she really was kind of tuning into Tess and connecting to her when she wrote this letter. Oh yeah, yeah. I I love it. I think about yeah. in in my darkest time, my my husband and I um, years ago lost um, a baby that we were adopting, and I my soul was crushed for a while, and all of the spiritual tools that normally kept me propped up didn't work until I rediscovered Viktor Frankl and, and, and I went down a rabbit hole watching his videos and listening to him and reading man's search for meaning. And, and one of the things he said is the the survivors versus the people that don't make it are the ones that, that tell themselves a story that gives them life about the tragedy. So in that moment, I, I made, made up a story that instead of being bereft and ripped off that I didn't get a full life with this being that I got, I made myself tell the story that I was lucky to have had the couple of weeks that I got to spend with her. And that was very different than obviously what you have gone through, but it was like, I had to tell myself that she was an angel that I was lucky to have. And, and, and that became this focus that I just fiercely focused on. Like I'm lucky because I got this time that I, it's like two weeks with an angel is better than 20 lifetimes without one. And just in you reading this story, it made me think Viktor Frankl would say the cotton candy sky. Like that is such a vivid image. That's such a beautiful gift to focus on as as the gift from Tess. That that I mean, that feels like a, I'm going to take it as a gift to me. I'm going to, when I see a cotton candy sky, I'm going to think that there's this angel, Tess, a.k.a. Satya, or both, that's sending a wonderful blessing, not just to you, but to all of us. And that, I think, gives us life so that we can we can have an infusion of life here. So I, I think your doctor is absolutely right, giving you the prescription to carry this letter with you as medicine. Not just carry it, but read it. Ah. Oh. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us, Sharon. Thank you for letting us be a part of your story. And and I remember a part of the the letter that that your beautiful, insightful granddaughter wrote was something about how t- that some people aren't of this world and and maybe that just means that they oh are a part I, of this world. I got world. you back. I lost you and I got you back. Okay. Oh. oh gosh. Okay, good. Well, I hope I was still recording. <laughs> Louie, was I still recording? I hope I was. But 
I think <clears throat> she's a part of she's a a bigger part of this world than she may have realized. Maybe just a different a different part of this world. I think she's served all of us in many ways more than we could even fathom as as Eve Ensler said in 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 one of her last TED talks. It's this emotion I am an emotional creature is the name of her TED talk and how if we embrace the emotional creature aspect of ourselves, we would be a more fully franchised, a more fully pow- empowered, we'd be more fully empowered human beings. So I think Tess, aka Satya, represents that emotional creature with her book, Crying in Public, and and her song that I'm going to play in, in just a moment. But before we get to that, um, Sharon, I want to give you the floor if you if if Tess aka Satya was listening to this um is there anything you would want to say anything that you want to say to us I want to give you the floor for the last last few well, minutes of the, the show I guess the only thing that I want to say is that I have thought that you know I had Tess for well I had Tess sort of in my life for 30 years you started kind of separating from me at a very young age way too long too early when she found her boyfriend uh, and um then t- then she was sort of in and out of my life but i have always felt that it was an incredible gift to have a, a someone like her in my life and i just i kind of wish that i knew how, how when she right at the beginning how amazing she was and I could have you know you always go back and say I should have and I could have done things differently but I always gave her all that I could at all I knew how to give at the time all I had the consciousness to give her at that time but she was absolutely a gift to me and to everybody else that anybody who had had a relationship with her she she was a yeah to Michael and um, she was a an amazing soul just uh, beautiful creative and kind and so many things so i'm i feel i feel that i was blessed definitely blessed to have her come through me i just wish that i could have held on to her longer (laughs) thank you for that for some reason i'm thinking about kind of the parallel even though this might seem strange but when I think about the the tragedy of of Tibet being taken over and the Dalai Lama being forced into exile, and so much so much horror that happened there, I have a lot of Buddhist friends, and and yet it was that them being forced into exile that caused the teachings of the Dalai Lama to really reach the world in a way that never would have happened had they have been allowed to stay where they were. And in some way, this tragedy of, of losing Tess at an early age and, and is, is tragic. And yet because of this, the blessing in disguise, the silver lining is that we all know her. Now we all have access in some way to her, to her poetry book, which we will put online at some point on Amazon, or we'll make it available for people p- crying in public, and her beautiful. I would like song. to put some of her, some of her other. She has some other things that she wrote later that were even. Yeah, uh, maybe you could add to it that are beautiful. So, we'll keep yeah. the website girlwiththeblueukulele.com. Yeah. That's www.girlwiththeblueukulele. That will 
girlwiththebluukulele.com will be a place where where we'll keep things like this and any new developments will will always be there um, but we now know her and I feel like there's a healing for so many people I've gotten messages and emails and texts from people that have been have been healed in many ways by this show and myself in particular I told you Sharon I hadn't talked to my sister in a couple years and, right. and because yeah, of right. you and because of this I'm now in touch with my sister yesterday I had the most beautiful conversation with her she's in Europe she's she would have been gone to me but the message yeah. that I got from you and from Elias and from Henry Sutter was was if you you know go the extra mile don't hold back we don't know right. when it's right. going to be the last right. time and and I and that gave me I mean I thought I was going the extra mile but I realized I really wasn't so for anyone listening to this who's who's unsure about giving the extra mile or not, you know, there's always one more inch we can give. And yes, we need to keep our boundaries. We need to have an oxygen mask over our own mouths, but we need to, you know, when, when it is that last moment, when we don't see them again, we don't want to have regrets. And I'm, and Sharon, you gave her all the love you had. So I hope that you have no regrets. According to Timothy Courtney, she just loves you so much. And I hope you take that in. And I don't. Uh, and it was. And I am. I. She gave me you and and Dana, and, and that's a blessing too. And a lot of other people that have come into my life because of her and because of all of this, like yes. Boy and Bruce and and, Bruce and, and and it goes yeah. and it goes on and on. Yeah. So yeah. those are there. Are many blessings have come to me because of all of this. So, and I so hope she knows that. I hope she knows that, so she can. She can feel good about herself too. <laughs> well, according to the Wherever dream that I just is. had a couple mm-hmm. nights ago, Tess is mm-hmm. around us and she was walking through your house and I I was calling her Tess's twin. I'm like, oh, I didn't know Tess had a twin. And then I realized, oh, wait, oh. this is her spirit. She knows. She knows all of this. And she's at your, she was like walking through the house. She moved a rug. She wanted it to be better, like in a better place than it was. I don't know. Grounding. Funny. So I just, again, I don't want this series to end, but I want to, I do, I want to end this with playing the song that, um, where we belong is the, is the one song that we have a great recording of from Tess Satya. And I'd like us to all just have a moment where we just don't do anything else. No multitasking. As you listen to this song, as we conclude, this final episode of searching for Satya, the girl with the blue ukulele, please send out a prayer um, to, to Tessa's family and any, and to anyone that you've lost, anybody who you felt ghosted by, or that you feel incomplete with, or even if it's an aspect of yourself, that inner sensitive female aspect of yourself, let this be a song, a homecoming to her so, and just remember that a nightmare is an unfinished dream. It's up to us to finish it. We we can put the ending that we want and we can turn the tragic into magic with mm-hmm. with our own volition. So with this, I say thank yes. you so yes. much. And um, okay. until we meet again, I'll be, the show will, will be next week. I don't know who will be on the show, but I'll see you next week. And until then, don't take your dreams lying down. Listen to this song. Thank you. Thank you, Tess Satya. Sweet dreams. So far from where
Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.